Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. It's going to be a good day in the house, and I've just got such a burden in my heart for today and for what God might want to say to us. And my prayer that would be as we lean in, that we would have soft hearts ready to receive what God wants to do in our hearts. See, sometimes you come to church and you think you know what he's going to do, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, that hurt. It's good hurt. Um, I hope it's a good hurt today. You know what I mean? Um, I was enjoying the sunshine yesterday on my back porch. Nice breeze blowing, you know, and it's like been rainy, and you're just like, oh, feels so good. Just sun hits your skin. It's so Floridian of us. We're like a little sun. We're like, hey, hit me. <laughs> feels so good. And so I was outside. I was enjoying that sunshine. And um, my friend Mallory came over and she brought my baby, her baby, but my baby with her, Olive. And um, I text her. I'm like, how's my baby doing? <laughs> how's my baby over there, Mal? She good? Oh, she's good. Okay, great. My baby's doing okay, guys. So Mallory came over with Olive, and we were just sitting and chatting, and Olive fell asleep. Finally, she was a little fussy, and I was like, let me just dust off my old mom tricks, and I'm just going to, like, bounce and sway, and I was doing all the things, and she finally fell asleep. And so we both sat on the patio and the chairs around the outdoor table and just kind of sat there in the sun, and we are just chatting, you know, just enjoying a beautiful, quiet afternoon. It was amazing. Olive was like a sack of potatoes on me, and it was like reviving all of those beautiful memories I have of my children that I'll never experience again, because I will never have another baby in the name of Jesus, ever. <laughs> like, we done. We done. But I was just enjoying that moment. We talked for, I don't know, like a couple hours. We were sitting out there. The baby was covered. Don't worry, no sunburns, no baby sunburns. Um, She was so pasty with that sunscreen. It was like she wore glue. (laughs) She was good. She was covered. Um, Mal's an amazing mom. And we were just sitting there chatting about life and went inside that night. And I was just like, man, what a great day. And I'm washing my face. And and all of a sudden, I realized that I'd just been sitting one way outside. And so half of my face was like bright pink and the other half was normal. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, thank God I'm a Norkin. So it's fine today. It's fine. But it was not good yesterday. I was like, I'm going to have to like really up the blush on the right side and people will, it's fine. This is my life. (laughs) This is the kind of thing that happens to me. Um, But as I was thinking about that moment and, and then thinking about today, I felt like God just showed me You know, it's only the places that the light is able to touch that you see change happen. And in Christ, what he wants to do is he wants to bring his light into your world. And he doesn't want there to be anywhere that's left unseen. You know, he's not looking to just like farmer tan your spiritual life and your spiritual growth. (laughs) No farmer tan is cute, although you're like, I know what you do. (laughs) You don't take off your shirt ever in the sun. My dad is notorious for having, sorry, dad, socks on when there's no socks. And, and, you know, we're Menorcans, so you're brown and then not. (laughs) So it looks like there's, like, crew socks. But you know what I mean? Like, that's not what he's trying to do with your life. He wants the light to get in everywhere. 
every part of you. And so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. We've been in a series on yielding to God and yielding to what he wants to do in our life. And the reality is if there's no yield to him, then there's no yield of fruit. You know what I'm saying? Like no yield, no yield. And, and he wants to bring something out of your life. He doesn't just want you to be a trophy on the wall like, oh, what a great Christian up there. Like, yay, great job. You attended church like 49 Sundays this year, and the other two, you were on a prayer walk in the mountains. Great job. <laughs> he actually just wants you to live your life submitted to his will and his way. And that's it. You know, we think about like, how will, how will my children navigate this world that we live in right now? How will we navigate the difficulties of what they face that I didn't face when I was their age? What does that look like for them? And, you know, I think the only way we do that as believers well is your children need to encounter Jesus. They don't need to hear about him. They need to experience him for themselves. They don't need to just like go, oh, I'm supposed to do what God says. They need to practice hearing what it it's like to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in every moment of, in their everyday lives. And you know how they learn that is they watch us. So do you understand how important it is to yield your life to him? Not just the big moments, but all of the moments in between. I wanted to show you a video, and you probably heard this story. A lot of people have heard this story. Um, it's, it's a violin virtuoso by the name of Joshua Bell, world-renowned. Um, violinist, master violinist. And so there's an experiment and he, he goes to this Washington DC subway terminal and he begins to play. And he brings his violin with him um, and he gets there, he opens it up, he takes it out. It's a Stradivarius, this violin. It's, it's a, worth $3.5 million, the violin. Like, I don't even, why? I mean, how, what is it made of? <laughs> This beautiful violin, this master violinist, and he begins to tune, and he begins to play in this terminal. And they do it at rush hour, and so you'll see people are kind of like rushing by him, you know? They're like, off they go to their jobs. One person recognized him from a concert they had played the night before and gave him 20 bucks. <laughs> Great job, buddy. Appreciate you being here with the people. And then everybody else is just dropping pennies and maybe a dollar, you know, like, like that's nice. And I thought of this video and this story because it's so often that we're in life and we're going about our everyday. And we're just on the way to something, you know. We're on our way to do whatever it is that we, we're doing that day. And life is happening Life is always happening. It's, it's easy to be busy, right? It's hard to slow down. Life is happening all the time, and the reality is there is a master artist in our midst all the time. And he's working, and he's moving, and there's a treasure that he's set for us to find. And without lives where we've chosen to be yielded to what he's doing, like, not my will, but your will, God. Like a choice, you know, to say, not, not me, but you, less, less of me, God. Actually, le less of me. Less of me and more of you, God. Then what happens is we're like, well, I just don't really like connect with God well. And, you know, we start experiencing 
what's real for a lot of us, like, I don't know, I just, I don't spend a lot of time with him during the week because I got a lot going on. I try to squeeze in a little bit here and there. And I understand. I, I mean, I really understand because I'm there too. Life is busy. But what I think God wants us to hear this morning is he's with us in the busy. He's actually with us. We, we don't have to wonder if he's like on our trip to the grocery store. He's with you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And so our yield to him is not like just on Sunday. Our yield to him is like in your everyday life. The Bible tells us that our lives are supposed to be spiritual acts of worship, like your whole life. Like worship is not just Sunday morning I belong to Jesus. Worship is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I belong to Jesus. That's what worship is. Sunday is like the culmination of us all looking around going, I'm not in this alone. We're in this together. That's why church is so important. But I believe what God wants to help us see today is what it looks like to live a life that's yielded. So let's pray and then we're gonna continue. Father, we love you. We love your house, God. Thank you that you've invited us into a family. Thank you, God, that you're teaching us how to do this. And thank you, Father, that you sent your only son to come and rescue us, Father. God, I pray that we would understand your great love for us today. God, I pray that we would understand that you're bringing us close, God, that you, that you want us to yield our lives to you because you've got so much for us. And God, this isn't a spectator sport, but God, we're, we're in it with you. God, help us to follow you close and to give you everything that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're looking for a title this morning, it's how will you respond? You can write that down. How will you respond? Because what's happened is an invitation has come to you and I. And God is saying, will you give me all that you have? And we get the chance to respond to what he's asking us. And I, I was asking myself this this week, God, how do I respond to you? When you're in the room, how will I respond when you start stirring me up? When you were in worship and something was just stirring on the inside of you and God was waking you up again like, hey, you were made for more than this, the question comes, how will you respond then? Not just today, but for the rest of your days. And, and I'd love to just open Luke 14 with all of us this morning and just look a little bit at what is happening in this sort of day in the life of Jesus. And I've thought often, like, imagine if you could just spend the day with Jesus, like, face to face. I know he lives in our hearts, but, like, what if you were, like, like flesh by flesh? Like, oh, he's right there next to me. What would it look like? And Luke 14 is really amazing because you sort of spend this moment with Jesus and and I don't know about you, but wherever it's read, I'm like, what did he say? What did he do? I want to know. And, and so what I would like to do is I would like to spend a little bit of time in Luke 14 and just kind of paraphrase what's happening here, okay? So Jesus gets invited to the home of a Pharisee and his friends, his important friends, right? And so I love that because Jesus... In Matthew 5, we read Jesus is like dining with tax collectors and sinners, and, and Jesus is also dining with the Pharisees, right? He's, it's not like he's like, Pharisees, 
check yeah, I'm just hanging with these people. He loves, he's going for everybody, right? So he's hanging out in the home of the Pharisees and he walks in and it's amazing because the first thing he starts doing is he just starts dealing with what's really going on in the room. And if you know anything about walking with Jesus, you know if you invite him into your space, he's gonna start dealing with some of the stuff that's actually going on. You think you're like here at a surface level, like I'm good, I'm gonna go to church and, I'm gonna, and then I got brunch afterwards at Ice Plant. It's gonna be an awesome day. And Jesus is like, oh, I'm, I'm not just here to deal with like what you've got on the outside. I'm gonna go right to what's going on on the inside. It's what he's always done. It's what you see him do throughout scripture. And so I don't know why it surprises me when he doesn't just let me like be. <laughs> I'm not here today for that, Lord. But we are, it's what we're here for. And so he starts dealing with some stuff. And so all the Pharisees are watching him and and all of a sudden, behold, the Bible says, <laughs> I love it. They're all just hanging out and like, behold, <laughs> there was a man before him who had dropsy. He was sick. He was hurting. He had a fatal condition. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? And behold, this man who was suffering just happened to end up at the feet of Jesus in the house of the Pharisees on the Sabbath day when they're like, you're not allowed to heal him because the law says, sounds like a trap to me. And so it says Luke 14, four and five, but they remained silent when Jesus asked them the question and says, then Jesus, then he took him and healed him. And sent him away. And he said to them, Which of you having a son or an ox that, <laughs> son or an ox? I'm like, we're just men big, so they related those two closely together. I don't know. Probably. They've worked on farms. Having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day would not immediately pull it out. And so the first thing Jesus deals with is, I'm about people. And I haven't come to abolish the law, but I've come to fulfill it. And this is a Sabbath day, Sabbath day, but. Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so Jesus is clarifying for them, I see people as children to be brought into the family. I see people as needing to be rescued, and that's what I'm here for. And Jesus is saying, don't miss that I've come to bring life because you're so focused on the law that you don't realize the fulfillment of it is sitting in the room with you. And so Jesus deals with that and then he sees everybody as they start to make their way towards the table to recline, which I think we should bring back, particularly at Thanksgiving, reclining at the table. <laughs> Maybe a gentle pillow full of down just, or down alternative, if you're into that. Fluff it behind the head. Mm. You don't even have to move. Jesus sees them making their way towards the table and, and he's like, hey, when you, when you go to sit at a table, don't put yourself in the place of highest honor. Put yourself in the, in the lowest place. And that way when the host comes, he might say to you, hey, come sit up here and you'll feel honored. But if you put yourself in the place of highest honor and the host comes and he says, hey, I, that seat's actually reserved for someone and you have to move, it will be embarrassing for you. And he's saying, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself self will be exhausted. And Jesus is saying, you know, they don't see this yet, but Jesus is trying to prime them to understand that the gospel is for all. Yeah. 
Because Jesus knows he's going to be rejected by the people he came for. And he's saying, hey, you think you're in the highest place because you keep the law and you, you do, you've done all these things right, but I'm, I'm the one who's saying what's required. And that's to trust in me. And you don't want to find yourself thinking you're sitting at the top and having to be lowered down. And he's saying, so be humble. And then he starts to explain it in a parable, and he tells the man who invited him, you know, don't just invite the somebodies. You think it's the somebodies that should be honored enough to come to your house, but Jesus is saying, don't just invite the somebodies that can do something for you, but invite the people who are sick and who can't give you anything back and who are lame and who maybe aren't in a place of honor. Invite them all in. The people that can't pay you. And what he's saying is the gospel is inclusive. It's not exclusive. And he's trying to help them. And I, and I love the way that Jesus addresses the Pharisees all throughout this story because he loves them. I think sometimes we can start to think, oh, Jesus died for me, but he was disgusted by the Pharisees. He loved the Pharisees. He loved them. And so he's trying to help them understand. And, and as I read that passage, I'm thinking, gosh, Sometimes I think I can have it so together and like I've got this and Jesus is looking at us and he's saying, hey, the gospel is inclusive and I love you. Don't miss what I'm doing because you're so in your rhythm of what you think it's supposed to look like. Look outside the doors, look outside the walls. Who can you invite in? Who can you take care of? Who can you look after? He's saying there's more than this what you thought you knew, what you thought was coming, a kingdom built on the earth. There's more than that. I'm about to do more than that and I want you to understand it when I do it. So Jesus is loving them. And then I wanna read us this scripture from Luke 14, starting in verse 15, because he tells them this parable after all of that. It says, when one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. And then, (laughs) do your eyes ever just stop working when you're looking at a screen? (laughs) Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, sir, what you commanded has been done and there is still room. And the master said to his servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. Or I tell you, none of those men who are invited shall taste my banquet. The question for us this morning is how will you respond? Do you know what our job is as pastors and leaders? We're shepherds, we're servants. We're here to serve you. And just as the master of the house sent out the servants and said, come, just invite them to come in. That's what our job is. So when we stand here on a Sunday, it's to go, you're invited. This is for you. He came for you. What you thought life could be like, there's so much more. Please don't miss it. 
You were created with a purpose and God has a plan for your life. And the things that felt lost at one time, he's the one who can restore. He's the healer. He's what you need. He's what you've been looking for. And our job is to go out and extend the invitation and your job today is to respond. We don't need to wait to respond. Did you know that your yields to him or your, your way, not my way, doesn't have to come when you feel comfortable in a better season? He's asking you that question today. Is your life a hot mess today? Answer him. He's the one that can help you. Is everything great? Do you feel like you kind of don't need anything? He still wants all of you. It doesn't matter what season you're in today, he's asking you to yield and how will you respond. So number one, here's a couple of responses that we can have. Number one, I'll, I'll give you no excuses. What if our response was, I'll give you no excuses? Because in the parable, there was a lot of excuses. But what if our response was, I'm not bringing any excuses today, I'm just bringing me. So there's three excuses that we see, and I just want to look at them quickly. The first one is, I bought a field. I need to go see it. First of all, who buys a field without seeing it first? <laughs> so I feel like you'd be like, cool. <laughs> That's not even a great excuse. I bought a field. I need to go see it. In other words, I'm working on something. I've got some stuff going on. I'm actually building something right now. I've got a plan, and I'm going to be a little bit busy for the next little while, but I appreciate the invitation. And when life slows down a little bit, then I would like to respond. I definitely like to come later. Next time you have a dinner, I would love to be there. This is a little hard for me because I've got a lot going on this month, right? It feels familiar to me because there are times in my life when I've been too busy and I thought, it's not a priority right now, but God, you are a priority and I'm got, like, you're, you're a priority for me, just not like right now I'm kind of busy. And so that's the first excuse. The second is I just bought five yoke of oxen. <laughs> I mean, you know. No. <laughs> Nobody knows what that's like. I don't know. If you do, raise your hand. Because I, is there any, do we have any farmers that own oxen? Nope, nobody. Okay, well, five yoke of oxen is 10 oxen because there's two in each yoke. I looked it up. Because <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I'm going to need some, yeah, information around this. I bought five yoke of oxen, I need to try them out. You know, needed to get out in the field, try out the oxen, see how they yoked together <laughs> when they were yoked in pairs. And I hear that and I'm like, oh, this, I know what this is. <laughs> I just bought a boat and I need to try it out. I gotta get some like water running through that engine, you know, cause that's what it needs. I gotta get 10,000 hours before I can really rev it up. Or, you know, I just got a new fishing rod. Do you sense the theme here? <laughs> and I got to try it out. There's a few places I want to hit. Or I just got a new spa gift card. <laughs> I will be seeing you later. <laughs> that would be my personal struggle. Um, I got stuff going on. I appreciate the invitation. But I'm not able to respond to that right now. I would like to come to the next dinner but um, I've got stuff and I need to try my stuff out. And the thing about this, this excuse, right, is that God is the giver of good gifts. <laughs> and so all the things that we find ourselves distracted by and unable to respond to his invitation for us to live a full life, fully alive, 
or the things that he actually gave us to bless us in our lives. And it isn't amazing how the enemy will use the very blessing God gives us to distract us from giving our full attention to him. So that's the second excuse. And the third one is, I just got married. I can't come. And I appreciate this one because I love my family. And like family is everything. I mean, I get it. I got married. I can't come. But this is why Jesus illustrates this excuse. Everybody's invited. Everybody in your family. Your husband or your wife, your children, your grandma, your grandpa, everybody, your aunties, your uncles, your cousins, everybody's invited to the dinner. But you know who you can respond for? You. You don't get to RSVP for anybody else. You get to respond for you. And so that's why the excuse doesn't hold up because you have to respond. It's your response that counts and and the gospel is inclusive. So everybody's been included in the invitation. You don't have to worry about somebody in your family getting left out of the invitation. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and, and you're like, there's people that I wish were sitting here with me. Can I encourage you? That's not an excuse for us to get distracted from what God is doing in our lives, to turn around and go back here and go, I'll come to the next dinner. You gotta go when he calls you and trust that he's bringing other people along behind you. And you're a part of that, but you're not responsible for it. He is. So there's this invitation that comes and he sends the servant. And so one is, I'll give you no excuses. Number two is, I'll lay my life down. We're going to talk a little bit more about family here here because this is a really hard part of this chapter. Luke 14, 25 says, Now great crowds accompanied him. So he's been at the Pharisee's house, and then he's left, and it says, Now great crowds. There's all these people with him, with Jesus. And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, He cannot be my disciple. Whoa. Like my kids are not even allowed to say the word hate. And yet here it is in in our Bible. Whoa. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and he asks for terms of peace. So therefore, if if any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. And then it says, salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It's thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's a hard, hard saying of Jesus. But do you know what he's saying? Much like the third excuse that we just read about, he's saying, 
Will you love me more than anything else? He's saying, even the things that are the most important to you, would you put aside those things to love me the most? And here's what's incredible about Jesus saying this, is he loves them more than you do. And he's, you setting things down before him is saying, I trust you with the things that are the most important to me and I'll lay them down and just look at you and trust that you're lifting them up and we're all here together. And his timing might not be your timing and your waiting might be hard, but your yes is to him alone. You're the only one that can say yes. And he's pursuing all of the people that you're willing to say, God, you have your way. You're gonna be first in my life and nothing will be more important than you. And, and the reason that he does this is because Jesus has just had this conversation with the Pharisees and he's saying, hey, I'm gonna be moving and this is gonna look a lot different than you thought. And then he comes out and there's this crowd of people around him and he's looking around saying, do you know what it means to be my disciple? Jesus didn't go and call Simon Peter and say, hey, will you be my spectator? Come and follow me. He said, hey, will you be my disciple? And then he's saying, I'm not trying to trick anybody here. And he's looking at a crowd of people and he's not into the crowd, he's into the people. But he wants the people to know that he's looking for disciples. And while the gospel is free and clear and you cannot earn your salvation, it will cost you everything. And I wonder what our, our response would be today. Would it be, I'll lay my life down. I wonder if we would hold nothing back today. Jesus wasn't looking for perfect disciples. He was looking for yielded ones. You look at the disciples of Jesus and you think, oh, that's a big cost. They must have been really like strong people who just did the right thing all the time. No, no. Simon Peter denied Jesus three times and Jesus said to him, it's on this rock I'm gonna build my church. He builds his church from messy, broken people. He's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for yielded ones. And so what we have to see this morning as we open this gospel, this chapter of Luke in the gospels is Jesus is saying to us, will you give me everything? Because that's what it looks like to be a follower of me. And he ends with salt. And I saw this analogy one time and I just thought it was so beautiful. And he's saying, if you have a little bit of salt and it's really salty, you just have a little bit, but it's really salty. Why would you ever take a bunch of unsalty, flavorless salt and do this? The only reason that you would ever do that is so that you could say, look how much salt I have. Look at this pile. I got a lot of salt. And Jesus is saying, I'm not looking for a giant pile. I'm looking for some salty salt. And he's not into the crowds. He's into the people. And he's saying, will you be my disciples? Will you follow me? Do you know what it means for you to follow me? Would you yield your life, my will, not your will? Less of me, more of you. Would that be your response? And the amazing thing when I think about the disciples is the crowds, they watched what Jesus did. 
they caught the stories. Maybe they saw things every once in a while, but the disciples, they were in it. They were with him. They saw him do miracles. They were the ones that were sent out. They were with him. And Jesus is looking for disciples because he wants to be with you. He wants to be with you in your mess. He wants to be with you in your everyday. And the yield isn't so that he has you as a trophy on the wall. The yield is so that you walk with him through your everyday normal life. And you're telling people about what he's done in you and you're salty. And as you go out into the earth, you're different. A yielded life looks different. And so all of a sudden people are like, what is this? You are different. He doesn't need casual Christianity that doesn't really look any different than the world. We're set apart, we're called to be different, but you know what, it costs a lot. But everything we lay down, we can trust him with. And so as we stand to our feet this morning, I just wanna take a moment and I, and I want us to respond. Why not today? He's asking you to respond. Let's not make excuses this morning. I'll respond next week, God, at church. I'll respond later when I'm like in my room and I can ugly cry alone. No, let's respond now. So let's just close our eyes all across the room and Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would speak as you always do. We open our hearts, Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus was sitting in the room, flesh to flesh, the Pharisees and with the disciples and the people. Father, we know that your Holy Spirit is with us now and we don't want to miss you, God. Your Holy Spirit is here and you're moving and you're working and you're speaking to our hearts. And God, we don't want to miss you because we thought it'd look a different way. And so Holy Spirit, we submit our hearts. We yield our hearts and we say, speak to us, God. Show us what you want us to lay down before you today. God, show us where we haven't put you first. God, show us where the excuses have come and God help us to lay down our lives again right now. So just in a moment of quiet, I just want you to ask him, how do you want me to respond today, God? What do you want me to lay down? And in a moment, the band's gonna begin to play and sing and let's not just sing, let's make it our cry, let's make it our like, I'm gonna lift my praise above this situation. I'm gonna lift you above it all, Jesus, your name above every other name. I'm just gonna start to sing to you, Jesus, because where you're higher, God, everything below has to bow. And, and I believe that the Holy Spirit right now is really doing a work in some hearts. And you're gonna have to be brave. And there are things that you've been white knuckling for decades. And the Holy Spirit saying, it's time to lay that down. There's dreams that you thought could never come to pass because it's been so long. And the Holy Spirit saying, I put that dream in your heart. You need to keep trusting me. There are sicknesses that you think will never leave your body. And Jesus is saying, I'm your healer. And the Holy Spirit's gonna help you be free of all of that today. There are sicknesses that you thought, I'm just gonna endure this for the rest of my life. And I would just submit to you, why don't you just lift your hands to Jesus and say, God, would you heal me this morning? I'm gonna let this thing go. There are answers that you thought, that's the one I want, that's the answer I'm waiting for, and you've been so focused on the way you wanted to God to answer your, your questions and your hurts that you've missed how he's actually trying to answer them, and I feel like God is saying, hey, it's time to yield to actually how I'm going to answer in my way. 
my will, not yours. You can trust me. So why don't we just take a minute and listen to what the Holy Spirit says. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.